name's Will Miller and you're listening to the Running Rugby Podcast. So it's seven metres out. Australia needs to try to win the game. Cobain takes the line out. Australia trying to drive ahead. Gregan again. And Larkham. Kefu. Hey guys and welcome back to another episode of the Running Rugby Podcast and quarterfinals is in the book, eight teams down to four, four home victories on the weekend. Joined as always by Toby and Leo. How'd you find those that weekend, boys? Well, went better than I thought. I, you know, I talked about the Highlanders I thought would come out and, and just get this game and it actually looked that way for quite a bit of the time. But, you know, to have the Tars win in that fashion just made the weekend for me. I didn't really care too much about the other results because I kind of saw them coming. Um, but that was that was kind of the wild card in there. And, and they they proved us wrong a little bit, Leo, I think. Um, Archie did pick them, but we just got to have more faith, I guess. Yeah, look, they, they found a way to win, which is all you need to do, I guess. The, it's not always pretty and it's not always a great 80 minutes, but... It's only got to be good enough for however many minutes to get you the points. The Highlanders will be crushed that they, they couldn't keep that game. Um, but I think anyone who's heading to Johannesburg to play the Lions is up for a, a tough, tough contest. So um, hopefully they can do the same again this week. If they play like they did in their highlights reel, they'll, they'll definitely give them a good go. And even the, the Chiefs, Hurricanes, I had the Chiefs, but it was mighty, mighty close. So... Um, yeah, I'm still not super sure about the Hurricanes. I will be very, very interested to see if they can put the Crusaders to bed this week. Of course, that was the first game of the quarterfinals. And why don't we start there, give a bit of time before we go into the Tars. On Friday afternoon, it was the Hurricanes versus the Chiefs. And like you said, it wasn't a convincing win from the Hurricanes. They got up early um, through an intercept to Julian Savia, And they managed to stay in front, but... Late tries, late points from the Chiefs really kept this close, and they only went down by one, thirty-two to thirty-one. Yeah, the Chiefs looked really good, even though they were giving those big intercept throws away. Like that was that was a again a good read by Julian Severe, and then happened again within five minutes. And the Chiefs were just trying to really push hard and get out wide and and flank the the Hurricanes. But obviously, execution has not been the Chiefs' best feature this season. Um, they have been winning games on on the smell of an oily rag, as it were. Uh, only only really pulling it all together into the finals, but just just that little bit of polish missing from their game, and that just gave the uh, Hurricanes enough opportunities to rip off those tries and get ahead. But I still think that the Chiefs were very competitive all the way through the game. They were really pressuring the Hurricanes. They still could have probably gone either way, and, and only one point in the end um, just shows you how how tight it is. At the top of that uh, New Zealand conference, they're all they're all very good teams. They're all electric, but they do have their weak points, and and the Hurricanes manage to capitalise on that loose passing from the Chiefs every time. Yeah, the execution just wasn't there from the Chiefs. I thought even both teams a little bit. There were a lot of loose passes, a few handling errors that probably shouldn't be in their games. And you know, I I actually thought the Hurricanes did this pretty comfortably because there was, you know, there was 14 points scored in the last four minutes. It probably seemed close than it was in some ways. I think the Hurricanes probably relaxed a bit 
in the last few minutes. But, you know, it's going to be a whole other test against the Crusaders. And from from the looks of things, if the Hurricanes play in the fashion that they did here, they they will still lose the, the Crusaders. The Chiefs are a tier below the Crusaders, as we know. Um, but like you say, Leo, I mean, the Chiefs have a lot to be proud of this season. They've um, really surpassed expectations with so many injuries to their roster. Um, and they're really building some um, good combination now, now that we know that they've retained Damian McKenzie. Um, you know, some of the young backs are really coming through well. Um, Pulu, you know, Alamalo, guys like that really, really shine um, in times where they're playing beyond their years in a lot of a lot of contexts. Um, another guy, Lockie Bashir, played really well again in this game, um, scored late in the game. But, you know, the Canes... I think they deserve to be there in the semi. It's just going to be, you know, it's the contest we wanted to see, Canes versus Crusaders. But, yeah, what do you think, Arch? Do you think the, the Canes kind of, they maybe relaxed a little bit in this one or do you think that the Chiefs probably deserve to, to keep it as close as it was? Look, I think, as you said, like, you got to give all credit to the Chiefs this year of what they've done with the injury, injury-riddled roster. Um, you go back and looking looking through some of the players they lost early, um, and then hanging on with the Damien McKenzie experiment, which I think we should talk about in a sec. But the Hurricanes, I think, at their base level are a little bit better, a little bit more clinical. And I think that's that's the reason they managed to hold on in this game. Uh, I think you're right. I think if they play how they did then, the Hurricanes have looked shaky for weeks now. And they're not going to be able to take down the Crusaders, especially in Canterbury, looking like that. You see a couple of interesting sort of changes. They they make Bowden sort of go back to goal kicking because they obviously trust him more in sort of these like high pressure situations. Because they do have a lot of these guys that uh, sort of maybe maybe haven't stood up to the pressure in, in these last few weeks where the points have actually mattered and they almost came close to losing that home um, semi final or the home home ground advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, some of those guys definitely don't look as flash when Bowden's not burying the ball in their in their hands right out in front. And it definitely, for, yeah, you've said it right, Arch, the, the fundamentals of the Hurricanes were probably a level slightly above the Chiefs, but they're going to face a very, very um, sort of comparable set of skills or better set of basics in the Crusaders. And when, when it comes to the Crusaders, I think then the difference is that mental edge, the Crusaders never seem to take a step back, even when they're under duress. They'll they'll face twenty phases, tackle, 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 and and they'll just get through it. They'll pill for the ball. The, the Hurricanes maybe won't be able to survive that type of onslaught. And I think the Chiefs could show could kind of come at them with that ferocity at times in this game. And and they did look a little bit shaky. So um, they got through it. But I'm not. Definitely not convinced, and I, I don't know. I think the I think the table, the way the New Zealand teams finished, albeit they all finished pretty high except the Blues. I think that pretty pretty well ranked them. I think that that was pretty much dead on where I see those teams. One stat that's worth mentioning: the Chiefs, oh sorry, the, the Canes, missed twenty five percent of their tackles. So kind of Jeez, ponder that for a second. Massive. They still won this game. Mm. Yeah, they, yeah, like so they didn't play that well particularly in defense. I think Bowden Barrett is still struggling a little bit for form. I know that we, we hold him to really high standards, but he hasn't really kind of kept the form going from last year as much. He started off strong at the start of the season, 
and I don't know, he had a couple of games where he was out, um, so that might have disrupted his, um, his uh, I don't know, his flow a little bit. Um, but he'll probably end up peaking for the All Blacks. But at the moment, he's not really playing at the level even that, say, Richie Moonga is, I think. Um, but you're right. Like, if the if the Canes defend like that and miss that many tackles, the Crusaders, they're going to lose by 20 points in this semi. They managed to still execute at the right time against the Chiefs. Um, but, you know, the Chiefs run, ran as well for 700 metres in this game. Um, and the Canes for only for 480-odd metres. So... There was a bit. There was a fair bit of discrepancy in some of the stats here. You know, the, you've got to give the Canes credit. They score points when they need to, and that was a little bit of the story, I guess, with the Waratahs. They really put on the points when they needed to, and at other times they didn't look so great. So, in these in these kind of pressure finals, you just really need to step up at the right times. Consider as well, just quickly, like a hundred of those meters were those two intercepts at the start, and then they got a free seven yeah. points at the start. So yeah, so it's. You know, that boosts things a little bit. Came. It's yeah, yeah. They, a couple of passes go differently, and it's again, it's way more competitive, and maybe not even a win. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Before we look to next week, let's have a look at this Chiefs season. Toby's already briefly mentioned it, but we've been going through ranking these teams, and it's incredible to go back and look at the players that they've lost throughout the season. People like Aaron Cruden having to blood McKenzie at ten didn't have sort of Charlie Nartai. There are other sort of mature head in um, the centres for a lot of the time. They're two props um, starting in this game, Talval and Tuin Kufaki, um, who's now an All Black, were both unsigned at the start of this year after they lost um, after they lost their four sort of uh, starting props. And what they've managed to do with that, they missed Messam and Kane for long stretches throughout, and they've still just managed to put it together, and they've they've found a lot of talent in these young guys and what do you think first off McKenzie at 10 do you think that's a position he can continue to grow in they put out the stats he still leads a lot of things like breaks like run meters even with the switch in position they do force feed him the ball like he does he does have a huge amount of involvement um I don't think we see and this might just be how energetic and frenetic he is, but we don't see them sort of interchanging the 10 and 12 all that much in that team. And the 12 was a little bit um, rotation policy too, but um, until late in the season. So I'm not surprised that that the numbers are high. It might be more of a quantity than a quality. I think he's lacking the precision um, than compared to someone like Bowden Barrett or even Bernard Foley or he's just, he flings a lot of passes. Sometimes they land, sometimes they don't. If he could tighten that right up, I don't think he's got poor decision-making. He rarely runs himself into danger. I don't think he's a liability at 10 if he can get his passing game up to scratch. If he can land all those passes, 9 out of 10 on a chest, I don't think there's too much holding him back because he's playing well in almost every other facet. Yeah, I still think he's a work in progress, but... He has performed. He has, you know, he's improved since the the start of the season dramatically, and there are, like you say, Leo, there's still areas in his game, like his passing, that need to be finessed. But I think it speaks to how good a player he is, just generally, that he can create so many different opportunities around the field in broken play, um, on the on the counter, where he's probably doing a similar thing at fullback, um, but at, at number ten, he's getting his hands on the ball much more. And perhaps he's not, you know, necessarily setting up players to do 
to kind of showcase their own skills. He's, he's maybe showcasing his own skills and then offloading to someone to put them through a gap and, and give them an easy try. So he's doing a lot of the hard work himself. Uh, but, you know, I think it's just going to take a bit of time for him to, to find that balance and know where to kind of distribute more and when to sit back and kind of pick his opportunities a bit more like Bowden does. From from my perspective, Richie Moanga is still a better number 10 than Damien McKenzie. Um, but I think from from an all-backs perspective, they want him playing there. They want him coming off the bench, at least probably at this moment, backing up Bowden and then having the flexibility to play um, in the back three as well, perhaps more at fullback. But they're really pushing him into that position. I'm not sure he really wants to be there, um, but they see him that kind of potential in his game to be playing there long term. So um, I think his hand's been forced a bit, but you can see he's, he's coming along. Um, and I think the Chiefs are probably going to you know, be able to build around him and Weber um, going into the future. Yeah, and I guess having him at 10 also allows them to have players like Ali Malu playing at 15. And he's obviously emerged as a really good talent for the next few years. And they're going to, they're probably going to be pretty thankful that they have blooded a lot of these guys when they're, they're losing people like Liam Messam in the forwards, they're losing people like Charlie Natai in the backs. Uh, so they're going to need some new guys sort of taking up those roles. But yeah, people like Ali Malu, who's almost in the vein of a Israel Folau, and then they've blooded people like Wainui as well, who can play centres. Um, they're, they're setting themselves up to come back strong again in 2019. Overall, though, I think you got to you got to hand it to the Chiefs um, for what they've done. I think they definitely score probably a seven, maybe even an eight out of ten for this year for what they've managed to do. I, I'd put them almost higher than a lot of the other teams that got knocked out this week. Yeah, yeah I'd agree, agree with that. that. Yeah, totally. All right, let's go to the next game, and the Crusaders took on the Sharks at Canterbury. First v. 8th place, and look, it was a little bit close early, but once again, Crusaders, not too much to say really, showed their class again, um, they got a couple of early tries that just got them on the board, and after that, it was sort of into cruise control with them. Yeah, I think it was it was kind of a foregone conclusion in a lot of ways with this game. The Sharks, um, you know, had a, had a few good moments, but, you know, Definitely outclassed by, by a team that we everyone kind of thought would do that. Um, the travel probably didn't help, but as we talk about, you know, going into a place like Christchurch um, against a team that's kind of, you know, in a, in, a, in a lot of ways in terms of super rugby really have made themselves into what the All Blacks are to the international scene. They just continue to produce year after year. Um, and I, I'm pretty optimistic that if they continue to play this way, they're going to be you know, extremely hard to stop um, winning this final. You know, they're not doing things too tough. They're they're still playing a very well-rounded game um, and finding the ability to score points quite easily. Um, but they're not over-asserting themselves. They're not relaxing. They're kind of just cruising along at the right pace, doing the right things at the right time. And, and it looks kind of effortless in a lot of ways. Um, and like we talked about last week, having guys like Kieran Reid come back, they're pretty much back to full strength now, apart from Joe Moody at, at number one on, and loose head. But then, you know, they've got such talent at prop anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, so, yeah, th- this team is just, they function so well. They're like a machine, well-oiled machine. Um, and, look, I'm gonna—I'm really looking forward to seeing 
how they're going to match up against the Hurricanes and the kind of strategies they employ. Their run to the potentially the grand finals, interesting. So so this week they've they've had the Sharks and like you said they've they've done what needed to be done. They've scored enough points. They don't look like they had to really take it up to top gear and they're just they're just smart and measured in the way that they play. They haven't they haven't tried anything too outlandish. They they had to do a fair bit of defending, and this is why I'm thinking that like the Sharks have given them a fair bit of just raw brute force to to work against, and and they've come through that. They've kept their heads, which you of course you expect that team of that caliber to do, and then potentially well this week they've got to play the Hurricanes, who are more likely to really test them in attack. Um, so that'll be, you know, decision-making and structures in defense. And if they can get through that and they're coming into full strength, um, as Toby said, then you've you've pretty much had the perfect run into a grand final against a team that is strong in both set-piece attack um, and defense. And you've just got to be that little bit more precise. And, and, you know, if it's a South African team, you just show how much smarter you are. And, and you know, it's, all, it's, just, a, it's just a fairy tale. Damn. It's just a fairy tale for the Crusaders in the making. Um, I think this, we talked about it last week. We, we said when we did our, our brackets, like this game could be a test because if the Hurricanes find a way to turn it on, the Crusaders will need to play well to hold them out because they do have a lot of firepower. But I totally believe that the Crusaders will be able to do that. The Sharks, they, they've, had a, they've had a fair season. I don't know if I'd say they've... Um, I don't know if they've overachieved or underachieved. I think they're probably slightly overachieving because they do have a lot of young players there and a lot of their talent's very raw. It's not it's not sort of established combinations and and experienced uh, players all throughout the team. Like there's there's a fair few new guys there. They they they've played reasonably well. They've probably been a little bit lucky because teams like the Rebels, I would say, are, are definitely better and in, you know certainly in their on their on the page. And they sort of won, won their way into the finals, persevering while other teams faltered. So I think they're probably um, due a little bit of recognition for getting this far. And they've got the raw materials there to, to create something that as a, as a whole is a much stronger unit. Uh, I don't think they've quite done it this year. I don't necessarily think they'll even get there next year. But if they keep this group together, I think potentially they've just got... Uh, yeah, they've got to sculpt these guys into a into the type machine that the Crusaders are. Get them playing well together. They probably need a bit more more flair in the backs and a bit less, you know, keep the brute force in the forwards and a bit of flair in the backs. And and they could be a strong team. I think I'd probably give them. I think they're probably around a five for me, about on expectation, not too much more than that. Maybe a six. Um, you know, they've made finals, but you know, more teams make finals than than don't in this competition of 15 so they're, they're probably right there on that boundary of about a, about a par season about where i expected no one wants to talk about the sharks <laughs> no i think I, the sharks are a really good team yeah I'd, i i think they hope they hope they keep that spine sort of together like dupree and co and bosch together are two like super exciting like young players and you put them together with some and dynamic sort of yeah van der merva who's been a backup yeah, and now good. suddenly got a starting role and been sort of really good and consistent all year. So I think there's there's a lot to like about the Sharks sort of moving forward. Um, I'd, I'd prefer to see them as the top of the South African Conference over the Lions. Um, but yeah, you're right. They're just, just not quite there yet. Um, they, they have the personnel to put it together. But 
need to need a bit more honing in of that sort of overall game plan and attack. Let's move to the game. I was at this one at Allianz Stadium, Waratahs v Highlanders, and as so many of the games for the Waller for the Waratahs this year, it was a game where the first half looked completely different to the second. The Waratahs looked all at sea. They looked exactly how they were looking versus the Brumbies last week to start off. Highlanders took advantage and got early points, scored 23 points in the first half. But that's all the points they scored because the, Hurric- the Waratahs came back and after scoring only six in the first half, came back and got themselves up to 30, winning this one by 7, 30 to 23. Yeah, three tries in seven minutes. And, you know, Naholo, you know, he definitely deserved to be sent to the bin for those two offences, consecutive tackle, high tackles. Um, and the Waratahs just took advantage of that, and they often don't. They often have, you know, 15 versus 14, and they fail to do anything exciting. They fail to score tries. They often, um, you know, will kick one penalty, and that'll be it. And you, you get really frustrated when that happens, but here the opposite just happened. They just exploded it, and... The, the, I think they just caught the, the Highlanders off guard a little bit because of the first half and how it went down. Um, I would, I'd all be given up on the Tars after halftime. I just thought, you know, the Highlanders are just going to plug away now, play smart, you know, kick some penalties, and they'll be, you know, 20 points ahead and, and won't be able to be chased down. But, again, we see that real, really strong attacking prowess of the Waratahs come through. Um, it's just, you know, they've got to start well. If they start like this in any other game this season, they're not going to come back from it. This was their chance. They got a reprieve through that yellow card. They took took advantage of it. But really, they've got to really aim up in this game, this next game against the Lions. Yeah, we, we missed nothing um, not watching that first half. If I was going to go back and watch any of the tape, I'd, I'd just start at the second half because... The Waratahs yeah. didn't do anything worthwhile in that first half. They were they were unstructured in in defence. They they were just porous. Um, I don't think they missed a whole lot of tackles. I think actually be, people like Beal were making better tackles this week. Still that same kind of leaping, bear hugging, ball stripping yeah. kind of stuff. But he but he actually tried to stick a bit this time, um, which is that was an area that we were we were a bit worried about the ten twelve channel um, being a little bit too porous. But it's frustrating to know that they can really lift and, and blow a team off the park like that. Good to see that they had the uh, the right focus to take their chance when it came. Um, but, you know, it's only it's, it's one player difference and it's not a bad team. There's no reason why they can't create those same opportunities when it's 15 or 15. If they, re- if they need the dire situation of a knockout game and the light at the end of the tunnel glimpse that is a yellow card and now suddenly hang on we've got advantage for 10 minutes we 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 might actually do this like if that's what it takes to get their belief going then i have pretty pretty big concerns but they they should be looking at that performance and say all right let's but we know why we weren't good let's get our heads screwed on properly and and just and look at what we did so well and come out hard against the lions this week like it's going to be a very tough game. They've, they've travelled uh, straight after their game this week. They left at the morning after Sunday morning. Um, they they got on a plane, went straight to Johannesburg. So they, they will have settled in for a while. They they need to remember what they did well against the Highlanders and and have that mental strength to to push through and keep the pressure on. See, I don't know if the yellow card was quite the 
turning point in this game. There were a few other signs, I think, a bit earlier than that, that the Waratahs were starting to turn it around. I mean, the two main ones that come to mind, um, Tolu Latu coming on at half-time and immediately making an impact, getting a turnover off the line-out. I think... I yeah. think I know Daryl Gibson probably is not going to change, but I really think he needs to start Tolu Latu, not because Fitzpatrick I is think playing he will. bad, Arch. but fi- I think I think he'll drop Fitzpatrick. You think I Fitzpatrick mean, throws it? I line mean, out. the lineup line was, was really bad this week, and it hasn't oh, been all terrible. season. Um, but that was definitely an area of concern. But then Tolu's just ability in the ruck for turnovers is such a handy option mm. in a team that doesn't have too many other people going in for that because a lot of our back rowers sort of... Well, a lot of our back rowers tend to play very wide anyway, so they're not quite in it tight around those rucks. And the other thing I think yeah. that really changed think... things around was um, Tank Kelly's intercept when Aaron Smith had sort of a... I think there were three or four Highlanders players to about two Waratahs players, and they're about 10 metres out, and he rips that off and just completely stops that attack, and he really took the wind out of their sails there. Yeah, it's yeah look, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Arch. And I, Daryl Gibson has to make the hard decisions here. Tolu Latu shouldn't be restricted to playing 40 minutes of the game. I really do think that we need him there from the start against the Lions. Guys like Malcolm Marks playing hooker for the Lions just really have the ability to pilfer. Um, we need someone to combat that, particularly, you know, we've got Will Miller, but to have Tolu in there in combination with him, um, I think would be really valuable. Apart from that, though, uh, I was a bit worried when Tom Staniforth came on so early. Um, you know, it just doesn't look like a, you know, a, a, a pack that's really going to assert itself when he's on the park. Mm. Um, we had to make do with a few weird changes in this one. You had the classic Pat Ryan, Patrick Ryan come on late in the game, do something very stupid, get a yellow card and nearly lo- loses the game. Um, but, you know, we managed to hang in there, and that's the main thing. We, we showed that resolve. We put on the points, and then we played it smart. We defended well. So I think signs late, late in that game, the last 10, 15 minutes, were really positive as well because um, we could have easily seen the Highlanders step up to the plate once they got Naholo back on, score a try, e- even it up, and then, you know, just come away with the win. So it was it was really encouraging that we did get that win in front of our home crowd. Um, but it's such a big test this weekend, and I'm just I'm just really hoping the boys are up for it, and they've they've got the energy still to to kind of match the lines in that department. A small piece of the puzzle, but I really hope Michael Wells is healthy to play in this game. He copped a head knock and didn't and look good. Didn't look good. So I'm pessimistic that he'll be right to play. But I think he's a he's a quiet worker in that team. Like we've we've mentioned him a few times through the year when he's had a bit more um, bigger games, playing out wide, making breaks, making runs. But he does a lot of work, and, and he's one of those. He's one of our bigger back rowers. We need that size. We need that skill set um, against the Lions, where we could be down to, um, you know, they might be having Hannigan and Will Miller and a, essentially a guy who's been playing bench all season unless Hooper's... I don't think Hooper's fit yet, is he? So No, it's, Hooper shouldn't be back. Miller will then, keep that seven. And I think, Leo... <clears throat> You're right. Michael Wells, he's, like, he's not a huge number eight or number six, but he's still got a bit of size. He matches up busy. quite nicely. He's very busy. He's like Warren Whitehead. Yeah. And this yeah. is the interesting thing we'll talk about. We'll preview this game, but I just want to say quickly, I think the Lions overall 
have a very comparable forward pack to the Waratahs. They're quite mobile, but they're still physical in nature. Um, they have a few. I think they're a little bit bigger, but not that much. You know, Mostert's not that big. Quagga Smith's not that big. Whiteley's quite light. You know, they've got a decent-sized front row, but so do the Waratahs. Mm. So I think I think it's going to be a really even contest in, in that regard. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But what for the Highlanders? Uh, you know, look, they're, they're absolutely devastated. They were so upset after this game. They've already come to Sydney this year and, and lost the game you know, under some unfortunate circumstances as well with cards. But this one, they knew they should have had it. Um, the whole Kiwi mentality, when you're in front like that, you don't drop games. Um, they were just shattered. And Ben Smith could, um, you know, he was getting a bit emotional in the interview. He could barely kind of um, come to terms with what had happened. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard. It's hard for them. And, I mean... I've enjoyed watching the Highlanders all year. They're a team that you can always sit down and watch because they're, they're quite an interesting team to watch how much they do kick the ball and kick away possession but still manage to have these sort of really good counter-attacks and long-range tries coming through. Look, sad to them. They'll be back. They have a very stable team. They have a team that's emerged a few new players, a few new uh, All Blacks this year with the, the likes of sort of Franklin coming into the into the fray, you have people like Frizzell, you have like Luke Whitelock now down there, have a lot of guys and guys we think probably will be in the All Black squad in years to come people like Rob Thompson, we've had a lot of good things to say this year so they'll be back, they'll continue to be competitive. Tell you Rangy Walden The white man with the Maori name <laughs> um, Yeah, they're, they're going to continue to be strong each year and they're still going to be entertaining and playing in somewhere in Forsyth, Byron, Dunedin, they're, they're not going to lose any support, best-supported um, super rugby team, I'm pretty sure, in terms of how many people they get in from surrounding um, population. So, I mean, you'd, I'd give them probably a 6, uh, probably a 7 out of 10 for this for this season. Yeah, yeah, it's always hard for them to, to play in the New Zealand Conference. You've got that stiff competition. Um, they've they definitely have a fortress at their home ground. If, if they didn't have such a strong conference, maybe they're getting into that wildcard spot uh, instead of someone like the Hurricanes. But the fact of the matter is that it's very competitive and, and they came only as far as Australia to, to an Australian team. Yeah, sure, the Waratahs have beaten them once this season already, but I think most of the commentary out of New Zealand is... Um, would suggest that the Australians aren't very good and all the New Zealand teams would be able to beat them. So you, you've got all that expectation. You've got seemingly the, the favouritism. Um, they, 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 probably, they probably should have been able to take this one away and, and then had the real challenge of having to go to Johannesburg. But uh, they'll be back next year. They'll be, they'll be pretty much the same team, we think. There's not too many changes going on. They're yeah. lo- losing Lima Sopoanga. Yeah. Uh, he's he's off. So, coming, Toby, you can keep watching team. him. Yeah, I'll be going um, to see him up in yeah. Coventry. So they, they'll have to find another 10, but um, but they're always competitive. That It's a unique style of play, so it always keeps the games very interesting. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting because um, I think Bryn Gatlin is signed with the, the Highlanders for next year. Whether he's the long-term solution at number 10 after Sopoanga leaves, that remains to be seen. I think he, he didn't show probably enough for the Blues to really um, show that he, he has that, you know, real ability. But 
Um, <clears throat> no doubt, these New Zealand teams tend to find replacement tens pretty quickly. And look, I hope I hope they do because the Highlanders have such a interesting and, and powerful backline with some already some already great combinations that have formed. So I think you know I think they're disappointed because they wanted to send Sopawonga off in the right way. They didn't do that, and I think they really had the belief they would win this game. But the Tars, you know, they're they're a surprising team. They're unpredictable. They're not the polished outfit that they were in 2014. Um, but yeah, we just really got to see. This is the big test this week. And the last game of the weekend, the Lions took on the Haguaris, and we already mentioned a little bit through this game. But the the Lions sort of getting on top here, and I don't know whether it's a case of the Haguaris taking penalties when maybe they should have been going for tries because that's definitely what the Lions were doing early. Uh, the Lions ending up getting up pretty big in this one, forty points to twenty-three. Yeah, they'll be the Haguaris will be disappointed. Um, you know they, they've had a really good season. They've they've played away and played played well away. They've shed that reputation they had of playing on emotion and 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 the the run of the game. So where they were up and and when winning early, they could carry that through. But as soon as they were down, they tended to fall apart. We haven't seen that this year. They've come back uh, from some from some games where they were behind, and they've they've definitely had some strong wins away. So they really are a pretty good all round team. Um, they they maybe should have kept pressing the advantage when they looked so strong early in the game. Um, they they got down to the they got they got through the lines quite easily and made 30, 40 meters off kickoffs. And and yes, the lines gave them penalties. And maybe the lines knew that if they gave them away a penalty, they didn't really care because they thought they'd kick threes. And the lines tend to go up the scoreboard in sevens. So it's d- disappointing for them. But they have had have had a season which they can be pretty proud of, and they can. They can look back and and build on this season, and one day one day it'd be great to see them winning the the South African Conference altogether. I'd personally, I'd rather be backing the Argentinians in that conference than any other South African teams. That's right. I mean, we saw the emergence of the Sex Panthers and what they can bring to Super Rugby, and it's it's really good and entertaining to have another sort of really strong team coming out. Um, of that South African conference and really challenging them as well. And for a maiden sort of playoff berth, to play, having to go and play the Lions in Johannesburg, that's never going to be an easy ask, especially as the Haguaris haven't managed to win in South Africa all year. That'll probably be the next sort of um, item to tick off their list for them. But, I mean, yeah, we saw this as a team that obviously has a lot of international players in it, a uh, team that didn't perform so much at the international level and whether that sort of helped affected them a little bit coming back into Super Rugby after their sort of big long win streak. Yeah, maybe. I, I just like the fact that, albeit it's a very strict policy to that they now want their international players coming out of Argentina alone, not, not out of the European competition. So it's a bit like the Australian rule set. Um, that That's, that's going to choke off some of their supply of players and talent for a short period, but they're already uh, building such good combinations now in that Sex Panthers team uh, that they'll be able to utilise all those players and those combinations. And and once they... It'll, the, the tricky bit for them will maybe be because they play together, as a lot, the majority of the players play together in that Haguaras team in a competition that's a standard below internationals, can they can they switch it on when they get to internationals and 
and really lift into that additional pressure and, and you know, against the tougher opposition because, you know, until the Haguaras are regularly beating someone like the Crusaders, if they just play like the Haguaras when they're wearing the Pumas strip, that's not going to cut the mustard. So that that's, that's it's difficult for for a team to sort of, you know, look at look at that week to week, especially with these mid mid series tests with that June test window, uh, and and try and change the way you're playing or or, or recognise your opposition's that much better. Maybe there's a bit more speed in the game, the hits are a bit harder, the, the it's a bit more dynamic. Um, it's quite we imagine it'd be quite tricky week to week changing changing the way you approach those games. So We'll see. We'll see how they go. I think they're they're probably they've outperformed our expectations. I think you'd agree, Arch. They're, they're probably and with their with their seven game winning streak, including their four four games on yeah, tour, on road, yeah. that was really impressive. But barely any of us were tipping uh, them until very late in that tour. So uh, that's that's really impressed me. I think they're probably worthy of maybe an eight out of ten, um, and we'll see how they go from there. Yeah, it'd be really interesting to see what they do with the rugby championship later in the year. Um, their their head coach um, Daniel Hokade has resigned after that sort of June test window, after those sort of um, defeats, and who they get in to actually help them, whether it is Ledesma um, to help them rebuild and get sort of a bit of form heading into the World Cup next year. Compared to that, I mean the Lions, they're frenetic, they're quick and they like you said they they score a lot of tries a lot of points um i think their defense does leave a little bit to be desired there are some weak spots through there but you need to get on the front foot with them and um blow off a lot of their players that will cause trouble and get turnovers at the rucks people like malcolm marks and quagga smith are always in there and always sort of challenging for that ball yeah that's absolutely right and they're, so they're, they're a very strong set piece. So anytime they can uh, force you to kick it into touch or force an error in your in your play, they're getting something that they want. Not just not just possession back, but they're actually getting uh, a, a structured set piece play, and that's where they're at their best. They they play that territory kicking game, so they're always putting it down your end and and, and pressing for those errors. I, I look at this team and. While they while they kick away some ball, they, they they do kick chase very hard. So you definitely can't turn your back and be complacent. They'll they'll be right right up behind you. But I don't I don't see their wide backs as particularly threatening. Ruam Combrick is is a good winger, but I, I don't see him busting through the line all the time. He's usually just in open space and he's mm. quite quick. They they do compete at the ruck. We already mentioned that guys like Malcolm Marks, uh, Quagga Smith are head down in the ruck and trying to pilfer. So you need someone to to counter that, yeah, blow um, them off the ball. Yeah, you've you've got to be pretty physical. I think they do have a slight advantage in size, but uh, as long as guys in the Waratahs this week, like Hannigan, like Jed, Rob Simmons, get guys all the front rows, get them all in there and and be physical at the ruck. Don't overcommit, but make sure they feel feel you when when you're clearing them out, and be very be very observant who you're running the ball at and who's on the fringes because. You might be running it at at Yanchi's where you think, oh great, this will be the defensive weak spot. But if you're if you're going to run directly in the Yanchi's and you've got Malcolm Marks and Quagga Smith either side of him, then you need whoever's taking that ball up needs good support to quickly seal off that the ball and, and recycle it. We, so we need to be aware of that in defence. In in their attack, they're 
they do tend to kick a little bit. Like the Yankees likes the cross field kick to the winger. So and they do like kicking in behind. So I worry a little bit for the Waratahs if if Falau finds himself out of position that they might find some advantage there. They definitely um, like to challenge the fifteen. So they're gonna they're gonna test your, your structure there at the back and 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 look for those empty spaces to kick the ball into. Because again, if they can put you under pressure and either uh, steal it at the ruck or cause a knock on or force you to have a rushed kick in the touch, which puts them on a line out in your half, those are all really good outcomes for them and, and the way they play. I think the Lions' tactical kicking in this one was quite good. Just some key guys in their team really stand up every week. But the, the Lions do have some fragilities there. Um, I think in defence a little bit, when you get them a bit loose, um, string some phases together, um, they can really, you can find holes there. But, um, yeah, overall, this is this game I think we thought the Lions would win, and they did. That's a good point you made, too. Like, the, the defensive line can become a bit fractured, and something the Waratahs did against the Highlanders a few times with that with that rush-up defence, they were tracking but a little bit more laterally across field and looking for a, sort of a quite a flat ball, but just holding off that flat ball and having the defender run through and obviously the guy who's he's trying to press up on hasn't got it and you actually end up with a pass behind that rushing defender out a bit wider we threw a couple of passes wide to people like will miller and, and to the wingers that way and so it kind of i don't know quite how it happened because there shouldn't have been enough time for foley or beal to actually hold on to the ball that long but they 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 pressed up on him but then they really rushed up outside that and they overran it when the when the ball didn't get thrown so if the Lions are doing something similar where they're pressing hard, if there's a way to throw those passes in behind that rushing defender without throwing it forward, obviously, we did do it a little bit against the Highlanders and it, it bore a lot of fruit. So that might be something worth um, keeping an eye on in this game this week. Yeah, look, I think to get a really good idea of how the Lions play, you have to switch off the commentary to watch the game properly because you end up getting all these like side remarks about how good South Africa is, how good the Lions are, how good it is to play in Joburg. I mean, I, I get the fact they're proud of this team and they're proud of what they've become. Um, but let's be honest, they've, they've been to two finals in a row. They've lost two finals. They're on the cusp of making three in a row. And it looks as though they'll be playing, you know, obviously if they win, they'll be playing either the Hurricanes and the Crusaders. And I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose again if they if they beat the Waratahs this week. I think they're going to lose the final. Um, but you know, I think they do have a lot of. This is going to be a very even matchup with the Waratahs. I'm worried if the Lions get a good start because they have the ability to just get such good momentum going. Um, I think they'll probably get a really good crowd in there. There'll be plenty of support. They won't be able to hear the commentary team, but we certainly will, and that's that's going to be tough to to have to watch through. But it's it's really it's going to be an interesting game because of the matchups. Um, there's a lot of Springboks littered throughout this this Lions team. If they're on song, particularly in the second half, I'm a bit worried when the altitude comes into play. Um, if the the Waratahs have the fitness to get through this one, I think what the Waratahs need to do they need to be they need to have good handling because if they get too many scrums, the Lions scrum I think is stronger than the Waratahs and they will look to monstrous and get penalties there. I want to see them they sort of moved away from that sort of short kickoff um, to Falau and Ned Hannigan last week versus the Highlanders. I'd like to see them go back a bit to it just to increase their overall possession. They're not going to win if they have another game of 35% possession like they did versus the Highlanders. 
So holding mm. onto the ball, stringing phases together um, with good handling. And I think you're right, Toby. If we stem the flow early from the lines, get some early points, we might actually have a chance here. I think it's definitely yeah. not not the probability of what's going to happen, but it is definitely a possibility. And that's what I thought originally when the... go but Going back to the Jaguars, when they got those first few points on and they were they were looking good early, I thought, this is the way to disrupt the Lions. You need to, to throw them off their game early because they're, they're used to doing things quite easily at home. They're used to having points come thick and fast. And when you kind of frustrate them and get them a little bit desperate, they start pushing these extra passes out. Um, Yanchez easily gets thrown off his game, starts doing some strange things. Um, I think, again... Key pressure in this game needs to be on Yanchez. Because, um, you know, if you can really cut down that quick ball to their their backs that are so potent, I think that you can really make a difference. Um, they can't rely on their forwards the whole game. They do have such key threats out wide on the fringes. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you get in Yanchez's face, I think he's going to make some poor decisions. Um, and he'll go into his shell a little bit as... And that's when he is is at his poorest, I think, when he's not playing with confidence and when he's not kind of prepared to throw the ball around a bit. Um, we need to contain him. So it's going to be it's going to be a massive effort, I think, from the the Waratahs forwards primarily. Lee, I think you you could definitely big up Will Miller again. I think he's going to play a massive part in this game. Friend of the podcast, yeah, I think Will he Miller. probably needs to. Yeah, no, Friend of the podcast. He's... They're all they're all going to be important um, you know, on the weekend, like no one above anyone else. But but the guys in the back row disrupting the Lions quick ruck ball, it's it's it all it's like a domino effect. If you can disrupt the quick ruck ball that the Lions like to get, they like to play at that high pace and keep recycling and and, and move very move very quickly. Then yeah, you won't get the quick ball to Elton Yanchis. You won't. Uh, have as much trouble getting to him and creating pressure if you've got a set line and the guys can be racing up rather than sort of on the back foot and having to turn and go again. And then then you will disrupt the ball getting out, but getting out wide. So look, I, I think the Waratahs forwards need to step up, slow that quick ball, and as you said, pressure Yanchies. And then when we're playing, we we need to probably try and avoid kicking it away and giving them a lot of set piece. So I'd like to see it stay in the hands, be a little bit more patient, play a few more phases, and really set up our line to do all our great expansive attacking work yeah 100 percent. we can't fall into the you know we need to play territory when we can but we need to hold the ball possession's key we need to have 50 60 percent possession we need to be putting in the ball in the hands of flour and people like that so i think you know if we can do the key things right for the tars keep the ball in hand really let bernard foley control the game well i think our forwards can match up okay with this lions pack I reckon the Waratahs can get it done. I'm picking a bit of a boil over here in Johannesburg, and I think the Waratahs can win by five. I'm going to stick with my bracket. I think the Lions at home probably too strong. I, I, I'd love to see that happen, but I'm, I'm picking Lions to make a third straight um, final. Yeah, head versus heart. I've got different selections. Heart wants to go Waratahs, wants to see exactly that happen. But the Lions, a combination of altitude, the fact that they get so many rewards out of set piece and play and you can't really slow the game down so I think the Lions will get it and then our other game is the Crusaders Hurricanes look we all knew this this game was probably going to pop up at some point during the finals turns out it's the semi-final it could very much easily 
be the final with these two teams, the best um, two teams in the competition points-wise. Crusaders versus Hurricanes. I mean, we've, we've talked about both these teams and what they can do. I was talking talking up the Canes. I think they probably could get over the Crusaders, but they have to go back to their, their best form of 2018 when they were on that sort of 10-game win streak to do it. And whether they can stand up for it, I don't know, but I, I, I can't wait to watch this game because it's going to be absolutely great. I'm, I'm going to take the Canes, I think. I'm going to put it out there. I think the Chess Masters will, will get the win. I think Crusaders are still too good. They haven't looked shaky this season. The Hurricanes have lost a little bit of faith in. There's absolutely a way for the Hurricanes to win. We know that. But they're going to have to turn it around. I think the Crusaders are just too good. Yeah, two absolute juggernauts of Super Rugby. Um, I think, you know, despite the fact we love the Waratahs, this is going to be the game of, of the semifinals, I think. And if, if both teams play at a high level, cut out those errors, I just think it's going to be a points fest. I give a slight edge to the Crusaders playing at home, but I have no doubt if the Hurricanes, you know, play to their true potential, they can definitely get the win. Um, but I'm taking the Satyrs in a close one. Well, that just about wraps it all up from us at the Running Rugby Podcast. Of course, Apple Podcasts and Stitcher is where you can find us and subscribe and follow us, obviously, at Running Rugby Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, as well as on Twitter at Running Rugby Pod. Get involved, say what you thought about the matches, ask us some questions if you disagree with what we think is going to happen this week. We'll be back next week reviewing all these games from the semifinals and previewing the grand final of Super Rugby 2018. And no matter which two teams make it through, Oh, it's going to be a good, good game. Till then, enjoy this weekend, guys. Get around it. Stay up late. Watch the Waratahs versus the Lions and hopefully get an underdog win over there in Johannesburg. But for the rest of the time, keep on running. Run. picked up his headphone and talked into it and he goes one sec guys I'm like that is not the microphone that is a headphone <laughs> I didn't notice that <laughs> <laughs>